Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. And we are Inside Black and Gold, a post-minicamp edition. I'm back from vacation. Joining Finally. Yes, joining Jeff Nowak. I'm Steve Geller. And we're going to be talking 53-man roster projections. I know everyone's excited. Yes, I promised and I have delivered. We're going to get into a lot of that. Steve was not at minicamp, so I figured I'd I'd take it easy on him and and spend the majority of time talking about stuff that doesn't matter. But Steve, how how was your how was your trip to the Sunshine State as you just actively actively missed minicamp? Yeah, I I definitely enjoyed the time away and beach life was great. Uh, had a few cocktails as well, enjoying the sun and surf. But man, I tell you, coming back home. It was a huge noticeable difference in the air quality, and that was just basically the temperature-wise, nothing having to do with you know any foreign substances or anything in the air. But, man, just going out, uh, got into Louisiana, got into a gas station just to refill, and I was like, oh, my Lord, what am I getting back into after enjoying the cool, softer air in Florida, which I couldn't believe it was that much of a difference here in Louisiana. So you're referring to the mugginess of it all? Yeah, it was just so heavy and like it felt like the sunshine was right in front of my face. You know, we were standing on the sun kind of temperature. And <laughs> yeah, I was re- like really taken back on how different Florida was. Yeah, but then well, again, thankfully I, the I, heat- I was hanging by the water though, so that that makes a difference. Thankfully the the heat of this week was not the heat of last week because if it was the like the temperature we've been getting the last several days if it was this hot for minicamp I don't I think they might have had to practice inside like I, I think it would have been so hot that they would have been like you know what we're doing this inside but we we made it through and you know there there's not a ton of changes in my roster projection but I'm still going to go through each position because I think like not changing it is also relevant at this point because the first one was kind of a guess and now we kind of have a better idea of how things are stacking up, particularly at positions like 
defensive back, linebacker, stuff like that. So we're going to break this into three segments. The first segment is going to be quarterbacks, running backs, and specialists. Segment two is going to be wide receiver, tight end, offensive line. Segment three is going to be defensive line, linebacker, and defensive back, which includes safeties and cornerbacks. So there you go. So if you want to skip ahead, go for it. Otherwise, we're going to get into it. But uh, first things first, quarterbacks, 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 quarterbacks. We heard from Derek Carr after the first day of minicamp. And one thing he, he, he said that I thought was interesting was he basically just kind of admitted that, that he, he played like crap last season, right? Like everyone knows it. And that's why whenever everyone says like, wow, I think Derek Carr is going to have a good year. And they're like, oh, but he got shut out of the Superdome. And I was like, yeah, he struggled mightily throughout the year. It just didn't go well from start to finish. It's not a, like you're not breaking any new ground when you point that out. Everyone knows it, including him. And this is what he had to say on that front. I would say that I, I just I, they just didn't get my best, you know, and, and that, that drove me crazy at the end of the year because I was I felt so spread out in so many different ways. Um, it's hard for you to understand because it's what's happening in my mind and in my life, you know. Um, but I, I felt so spread out and was trying to do this, trying to do that, trying to, you know, get the guys excited about a certain thing or a certain way, um, even though they could see on my face it was tough and things like that, you know, in certain ways. And, you know, it, I just didn't feel like myself. And, and I feel bad to you know, the coaches and the players because they, they didn't get my best. And I tried. It wasn't like I wasn't trying to give up. But but you sit back and you sit back, you write it out, and you learn. You're like, oh wow, man, I, dude, I gotta do this, this, and this. Get back to making it simple and about team and about football, you know. And uh, you know, for me, I think uh, I've tried my best to get back to that. Hopefully, it leads to some success. Um, could be a great lesson for me to learn um, to help some guys down the road uh, when they go through a coaching change or go through a, a shift in whatever they're doing. I think it'd be a great lesson for me to teach guys. Um, just some of the things I've learned uh, over the last 12 months. Uh, but most of them are like personal kind of, I don't want someone will say something about somebody. I'll just skip all that. You know, uh, it's just certain things I learned that I, I could do better. So I could be at my best for this team. Before we get into anything else, we get it. Derek Carr struggled in the 2022 NFL season. He had some of his better seasons, the years building up to that under John Gruden, who we've already gone through all the John Grudenness of everything, you kind of have to just erase that season and kind of take it on merit for what you expect to see going forward. And I think the Saints, I think Saints fans, I think Derek Carr's teammates all fully expect to see the 2021 first half, 2020, 2019 version of Derek Carr in this offense. So that's kind of where I go when I every everyone I keep hearing like, wow, he was bad. And, you know, it wasn't better than Andy Dalton. It's like, yeah, I get it. Come up with something new. Yeah, obviously the, the season wasn't great over there. Uh, a lot of turmoil under Josh McDaniels. I feel like they just really never got on the same page. Although I will say for, you know, you look at the numbers and you obviously you didn't have a guy like Darren Waller and some other uh, targets around for for him. Renfro was hurt and missed a bunch of games too. Yeah, but I will say you look at Devontae Adams' numbers and some of the best in his career came with the Raiders last season. So it wasn't all bad, obviously, uh, last season for Carr, but I, I, I definitely understand where he's coming from. There was 
one game, I forget who was against, and it was just this horrible pick six. He lofted up into the end zone. It was like from five, six yards away too, right in the, right in the red zone, and just awful decision. And it, it kind of just looked like this this weak attempt even as at a pass. Uh, but I think what has really stood out too, and, and we've talked about it with Carr, you really feel like he's speaking from the heart from you to you, and that you know it's there, there's not a lot of football speak. He's not giving you the you know the you book cliches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and and I felt for him there. And then you kind of you heard him talk about like oh he didn't want to get into you know calling out names or anything. And yeah, obviously he's going to put things on himself, but I'm sure there was a lot of other issues behind the scenes there with that Raiders organization that didn't make last season interesting and definitely excited for this new rebuild of Derek Carr and the saints in this season. I think that's, that's a part of the big excitement going into this year for this black and cold gold team is the renewed hope with a quarterback and, and Derek Carr trying to reignite his career along with the Saints trying to get back into playoff relevance. Yeah, and you, and you look back at last season, too. It started poorly, but it also started very much kind of like the Saints did in that they could have won any of these games, too. They lost four of their first five. Week one was 24-19 against the Chargers. Week two was in overtime, 29-23 against the Cardinals. Week three was 24-22 to the Titans. And then week five was that 30-29 loss to the Chiefs when they went for two and did not convert. Uh, and then ended up losing that game. So, yeah, I mean, I think we don't have to get too much into the weeds on this, but again, that's kind of how I feel about Derek Carr in terms of I'm not going to hold last season against him, just like I'm not going to hold last season against uh, Alvin Kamara, right? Because things just were weird and didn't work the right way, and you're kind of trying to find a way around that. All that said, when I look at the roster projection, which I'll flash up on the screen here, there's not a lot of question going on at the quarterback position. The only question, and this emerges just because of what happened last year where you didn't keep Ian Book, you cut him and went with two quarterbacks all season knowing that Taysom Hill could be your emergency third quarterback. This year, I don't think you are going to cut a fourth-round draft pick, so you're kind of locked into keeping Jake Hayner on the roster regardless of what his status is relative to backing up Derek Carr. That said, I don't think that he will necessarily be the third-string quarterback. I think he'll end up filling the emergency quarterback role that is almost certainly not to be used by the Saints because Taysom Hill exists. We saw Taysom Hill take quarterback reps in the first and third practice of minicamp. Jake Hayner did not take team drills Whenever Taysom Hill was in the quarterback conversation, there's only three sets of team drills that they ran. And in two of the three days, Taysom Hill took them. So it kind of leads you to the, to the understanding that, you know, if it came down to it and Derek Carr got hurt and Jameis Winston got hurt, pretty sure it would be Taysom Hill taking the quarterback reins for at least that game. Maybe if you got to the next week, if you end up in that doomsday scenario where <laughs> you only have Taysom Hill and Jake Hayner, Maybe with a week of preparation, you would turn to Jake Hayner. But I think it, it, well, if we learned anything about the quarterback position this week, it's that Taysom Hill is still in that conversation. And the only difference is you have to sacrifice a roster spot to keep your fourth round draft pick at quarterback. And I think that's what's going to happen. But otherwise, I think you've kind of learned everything you needed to learn. Derek Carr's look good. Jameis Winston's look good. Taysom has looked 
like Taysom at quarterback, you know, kind of on and off and on. You, you question the touch on some of those throws, but generally speaking, you feel like you could get the job done. One thing I did see too while I was away, the fact that obviously Taysom taking snaps at the QB spot during practices, but the fact that he talked about even getting more involved as a receiver this year, which was blatantly missing from last season. It was like, wait a minute, you're listed as this tight end, but no one's throwing at you. Yeah, he said he said as a receiver, he kind of means as a pass-catching tight end. But yeah, I think it was just a deployment. I think it kind of got away from Pete Carmichael a little bit. And that I think that's kind of what happens when you switch quarterbacks, when you lose your top two wide receivers and Mike Thomas and Jarvis Landry. You're just kind of trying to make things work and any the best laid plans of the preseason probably fall by the wayside when you're in that situation. And so I think that's what you're seeing there is Taysom is going to try to be prepared more so this year than last year. And I think when you look at how he was used as a quarterback, it didn't make sense that he wasn't getting any quarterback reps because you were asking him to go in there and throw occasionally he wasn't a tight end maybe that changes this year but either way the what you may want to make sure you avoid is a situation where Taysom Hill gets in the game and you're asking him to do something he has not been prepared to do so I think that's what you're trying to avoid yeah uh, and just your, your point with Hayner too I totally agree you're going to put Hill in somebody that's more familiar with the offense and obviously has the reps instead of a guy that's totally green unfortunately Ian Book was thrust into that situation on Monday night just because of COVID yeah, right. And got him the next year. And it's not that I'm against Jake Hayner. I just think in this situation with the players you have on the roster, yeah. and it doesn't make sense to move on from Jameis. Maybe you trade him. I don't know. Maybe that helps you out. But I think Jake Hayner is probably the guy you have inactive on game days. And you and you kind of go from there. Yeah, it's a red shirt year. Right, exactly. And there's no problem with that. That's kind no. of part of the deal. All right. Moving on to running back and fullback. I think this is kind of your hands are tied here with you don't really have an option with keeping Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams or Kendra Miller on the roster. Like you are, those are three roster spots. The only question, and we haven't seen Kendra Miller practice yet. The only question is, do you keep a fullback? And for now, I think you do. There's a chance if you're desperate to try to save a roster spot. Sure. Maybe you, you cut the fullback, put him on the practice squad and bring him up as you need him. You could technically elevate him three times without having to burn a roster spot. Maybe that's how you start the year. That's how they did it last year. Um, but for now, just for the numbers, I'm keeping him on the roster. You know, Benjamin, we haven't seen work out yet. Jake Vargas is just kind of a depth there. And Adam Prentice, you know, the, the team drills, and it was strange, but it, it was the case. He was on the first team team drills, catching passes from Derek Carr and Jameis Winston in the two minutes. Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams weren't weren't in on those drills. Maybe they were just giving Kamara the day off and Jamal Williams. But, you know, this team clearly likes Adam Prentice. So I think he's going to be on the roster in some shape or form. And uh, so for now, I'm keeping four. And otherwise, it's pretty straightforward. And you're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop with Alvin Kamara's potential suspension. Yeah, like you mentioned with Prentice, I, I think his spot is safe. But, I mean, I guess we'll have to see what Jake Vargas can do in training camp to, to kind of push – uh, him for that role at fullback, but uh, I totally agree here. Obviously, a running back, and the only thing that could be maybe interesting, obviously, practice squad wise, is like a uh, Ellis Mayweather uh, or a Kirk Merritt type. I did, I did forget to put Ellis Merriweather on here. So good catch. He is on this <laughs> roster. Yeah, right now, in real time. Woohoo! 
Sorry, Ellis. You're cut. <laughs> uh, Sir Roderick Thompson also got cut after camp. He's not on this list, yeah. but he is also already cut. You know, I, I don't even know if it's technically, if it's really Jake Vargas versus Adam Prentice. I think it's Adam Prentice versus no fullback. Really? Right. Oh, yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know. I feel like the Saints like to utilize the position, though. I think they like to utilize it in certain matchups. Yeah. And early in the season, remember, you can bring, you can put him on the practice squad and call him up three times before you have to sign him. And that's what they did last year. Right. So I could see them just not having a fullback on the roster, having him on the practice squad and saying, we're going to, we're going to save a roster spot. And then once we bring you up three times, we'll sign you to the active roster. We'll figure it out from there. By that point, I'll probably have guys going on IR. So you won't have you won't have to be thinking about it as much. You'll know what the situation is with Kamara. The other guy I'll mention here is Kirk Merritt, who has been working out with the running backs, but is still technically a wide receiver. I have him on the cut line at wide receiver right now. But I think there is a chance that, say, for example, Alvin Kamara gets suspended the first six games and you just from a numbers perspective, you want an extra body at running back. Um, in case one of Jamal or Kendry goes down, if they're your one-twos, and you want an RB3, and he's the, he makes the most sense because you can also incorporate him in other ways. He's kind of like Ty Montgomery. I think if you're comparing him to anybody, that's who it would be. So I think there's a sliver of a chance that maybe he stands out in camp and makes a lot of sense to be that dual flexibility guy with that extra roster spot available because Kamara is off the roster for six games. So that's something to keep in mind as well. But for now, I'm not putting him on this list. Also, something I'm excited about with the running backs here is Jamal Williams mentioning he has NOLA touchdown dances ready to go already in in his uh, repertoire. So get that man into the end zone, please. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. He's already been dancing out at minicamp. <laughs> Going to do some more. Let's go down to the specialists. Not a ton to talk about here. I'm not making any changes. Will Lutz, Blake Gillick, and Zach Wood are the three special teamers. Kicker, punter, long snapper. And then the cuts are kicker, Blake Groupie, punter, Lou Headley. Now, I do think that the kicker battle is very much a real competition. Like, it's not a foregone conclusion that Will Lutz is your kicker because I think Blake Groupie has done enough to show that he could pull up, he could take that spot if you, if you allowed him to. But kind of like Jameis and Jake Hayner, I think that in order for Blake Groupie to beat out Will Lutz, Will would have to just fall down flat on his face and not get up, which is possible, right? I don't see it happening, but it's possible. And in that sense, you know, it's worth talking about. But for now, I'm just going with Will. It may, it, he, would, he would have to do a lot of bad stuff. And right now, he looks fine. He looks good. His leg looks good. He was good from 58 in practice the other day. So uh, I'm not making any changes here just yet. Yeah, I don't know what Groupie did during the minicamp portion, but I remember that last OTA practice, he really turned a lot of heads going perfect and, you know, nailing that long distance. What was it, 58-59 yarder? Yeah, I think if you're if you're just trying to distill as it pertains to Groupie at this point, it's he has shown that he has what it takes to be a, a kicker, right? right? Like he, he, you haven't watched him and been like, this guy doesn't have it. But in order for him to make this roster, Will Lutz will have to show you he doesn't have it. Because I yeah. think... From just just a pressure perspective alone, in terms of being a guy who has made clutch kicks in his career, if you have any excuse to keep him around, you're going to keep him around because I don't know what Blake Ruby is going to look like in the final 30 seconds of needing a 50, 48 yarder to win a game. I don't know. He might be nails, but at the same time, I know Will Lutz can be nails in that situation. We saw it against the Texans. We've seen it so many times. 
even last year, like, I don't think he missed clutch kicks. He just missed kicks, right? And so if he can get back to consistency, especially from 50 yards and in, then I have no qualms about Will Lutz. Now, if we get into the preseason, I think that's what's going to happen is if we get into the preseason and suddenly he's whiffing on kicks, then you're in trouble. But for now, I'm not I'm not doing anything. Lou Headley looks like he has a cannon leg too. Again, I think these are guys that if you can just stash them and, and maybe bring them back next year with with maybe if Blake is not on the roster or you move on or whatever, he's a good guy to get a look at. And I think he, he's got a future in the NFL as a punter. Um, he's just going to have a – again, he's going to have a hard time beating out Blake. Yeah, and you look at Zach Wood pretty much entrenched as your long snapper. That's a, you know, not talked about, I think, enough in the NFL. A really sweet gig if you can get it because you usually hang on to that guy for a while. But yeah, so that so that's three quarterbacks, four running backs slash fullbacks, and three special teamers. So that puts us at 10 roster spots taken up. And that's more than you necessarily need between those three positions. You could get away with eight. So you are burning two roster spots because of scenarios that you know you've you found yourself in, which is you need an extra running back to accommodate Alvin Kamara's suspension, you and you drafted one, and you need to hold an extra quarterback because you drafted a quarterback that probably isn't ready to be your backup. So that could loom down the road. Like if you if you're wondering why, well, why'd that DB get cut? Well, because you burned a roster spot where you might not have had to. So uh, yeah. Anyway. Let's obviously go we got to wait to see what Kendry Miller does. We haven't even seen the dude practice, but man, that running back just looking at the depth chart is so much more appealing this year. Seeing you know Camara Williams and a Kendry Miller because last season I don't know things were just stale back there. I agree, and, and you don't know how much you're going to see Kendry Miller, especially early in the yeah. season. I don't know how you're going to deploy Jamal, and it's and it's strange because you know Alvin is your star running back, but he's also your third down back. Right. Because you don't like in a lot of instances, like, for example, Leonard Fournette, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a star on the early downs. But then you'd want, you know, a Gio Bernard to kind of come in on third downs and be your pass catcher. Well, in this case, Alvin Kamara is your pass catcher. So in order to not have him play every down, you would need a first down runner like Jamal Williams. So I imagine that's how it would break down. But we'll see. Um, And then obviously Kendra is going to have to fit into that mix. But all right, let's wrap up that segment. We're going to come back and we're going to get into the rest of the offensive positions. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. Steve's back. Mr. Steve Geller. It's not just me ranting as it has been for several episodes in a row. Although we did have Charlie Long on here for the special episode that posted on Monday. Thanks to him for doing that. It's always a good sport about it. Uh, Yeah. All right. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. Wherever you get your podcast, subscribe on YouTube. WWL Sports and stick around.